listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. neighborhood a beautiful day for a neighbor would you be mine could you be mine it's a neighborly day in this beauty would a neighborly day for a beauty would you be mine could you be mine i have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you i've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you so Let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? All right, I saw a few people kind of dancing and waving a little bit, but, you know, I was expecting more sing-along with that, but, so, so, uh, you know, a flashback, right, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and every time an episode come on, it was all about, won't you be my neighbor, you know, and all those years of uh, him doing that broadcast and that show, I mean, that was just the primary focus of, uh, of everything that he taught uh, using TV as media. Even, Mr. Rogers, uh, I learned something about him. Uh, even to the point of pushing some of the, the things and bringing into his show things that have never happened before. Uh, showing it, exemplifying uh, for all the, the viewers to see what it means to be a good neighbor. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is uh, uh, taking a look at what it, that, the art of being a good neighbor. As we continue our study through the book of James, uh, just to kind of go back and, and uh, take a look at maybe what we've learned a little bit in these past couple weeks, uh, Pastor Kevin began the series uh, in James 1 going over um, kind of that introduction verses that really just where James has taken everything and he's put it all together and is basically saying, okay, now moving forward, we're going to separate it out and this is what we're going to be talking about. And then we, uh, we took a look at what it means to have uh, unwavering faith uh, with uh, uh, Mike Kennan uh, last week. And what does it mean to do that? Because, you know, the book of James talks a lot about just having that faith, that faith that can uh, help us to be able to become the followers of Christ that we need to be. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are... Some, some people look at the book of James, and, and it's almost like a, a book of wisdom. You, take, uh, you think about the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is, is full of wisdom, 
And, and, and some people compare the book of James as a book of wisdom that, that is now wearing New Testament clothes, if we want to look at it that way. And, and to give us just some practical advice on how we need to be following Christ each day. Uh, one of, you know, an interesting fact about the book of James, he was actually, uh, does anybody know James's real name? No one? No, no one going to take that one? All right. Jim. <laughs> Jim, yeah. Well, you know, well, the, the man that we call James, the, one of the, the half-brothers of Jesus Christ, was, you know, that's actually the Latin form of his name. In Hebrew, he would have been called Jacob. So as we're reading the book of James, we're actually reading the book of Jacob. So just a little bit of food for thought, you know, and, and he, uh, and this book was written, uh, you know, there's some, as the theologians and the historians kind of look at the references, you know, uh, there, there are more, I believe, who agree that, that, that this letter was written around in the late 40s AD, you know, so this is taking place, uh, uh, and he addresses a letter to all the tribes who have been scattered out in the dispersion, those who have, have, uh, have been uh, uh, persecuted and those that have been kind of ran out uh, from Jerusalem and now they've, they're scattered out. And James is saying, sending this letter around, you know, it's not necessarily addressed to anyone specific, just those that have been scattered out. And he said, okay, I'm, I'm going to write this letter and I'm going to give you just some practical faith advice here. Okay, because as you're scattered out in this area and you're over here in this area, we need to bring up, uh, you need to be establishing some leaders. As you gather together, you need to begin to form uh, what we call the local church in these areas that you're in. So here's just some practical advice for you uh, just, to, just to help lift you up, uh, just to maybe take care of some issues that, that may be going on and to give some, some solid teachings um, for moving forward in the church and establishing in the place that you are at. Now, in uh, the book of James in chapter 2, uh, we are introduced to what, what uh, a lot of people, you know, some people look at it and say, well, this is referring to favoritism. This is referring to partiality. Uh, but this is talking about what we're going to be discussing today. What, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? What does it mean for us as followers of Christ to have that same attitude that Jesus had, to have that same way about us as we encounter so many different people in our lives, as, as we have so many people who are, who are coming in and into our church if, and, and just being able to view everyone in the same way. And for us to be able to get there, we're going to be looking in James, but we need to understand that we need to be able to see people the same way that God sees people right? That, that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to look at each, everyone the same way that he looks at everyone. When I look out into this crowd, I'm not seeing anyone that God doesn't love. I'm not seeing anyone that Christ didn't die on the cross for. I'm not seeing anyone that he didn't, didn't uh, rise from the grave and, and offer the gift of salvation and hope to. No, because he looks at us all the same. It doesn't it doesn't matter our background or, or where we come from or, or uh, our nationality or, or the color of our skin. We are all together and viewed the same in the eyes of God. 
And God, know this, God is a lover of mankind. He has created man in his own image. And through man, woman was created. And he has loved man dearly. Even in the times when there, that he has been frustrated, you know, think about even in the days of Noah. And it wasn't that he was just frustrated because of the wickedness that was going on. But still, he said, you know what? I've got this one group here that they're worth saving. We're going to build a boat. Noah, let's build a boat. And moving on forward, and, and he chose he chose a, chose a people through because of the because of Abraham. He said, "I'm going to make these a people," and later on, "I want to make these I want to make these a nation." And through this nation, through these people, all the world is going to be blessed because of the one I'm going to send years into the future. His name is Jesus Christ, who's going to die on the cross to show and fully demonstrate my love and how I love everyone. In the book of James, let's, let's begin reading. James chapter 2, and we're going to look at the first few verses. It says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, saying, You sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you? Are the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name of which you were called? Here we see that there's an issue going on. And James just wanted to address it. He's like, look, you know, if you say you're gathered together in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and as you come together, you, you are bringing people into the assembly, and you got someone, hey, you know, this, this, this family looks like they may have a little bit of change in their pocket. You get VIP seating. You get to come right here. Unless you're Baptist, you get to be in the back, you know. But, you know, our, I mean, face it, Baptist VIP seating, I think, is usually the back rows. But... But you get to be here in the front. You're going to be our honored guest. We're, going to, we're just going to treat you just fine today. Just come on in and, and enjoy yourself. And then you look out, and, you know, and he, says, he gives an illustration. Okay, if, if um, that guy's kind of looking shabby, um, where's a corner we can put him? Um, I tell you what, you just, you, just, you just maybe hang out over there. He says, have you not divided it? You're looking at the outside. You're not showing the love of God here. You're becoming a judge. You're, 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 you're taking upon yourself and dividing up God's people that he, that he loves. In the book of uh, 1 Samuel, uh, notice, what, notice what he says here. This is when uh, uh, God has instructed Samuel to go and to anoint the next king. 
And when he gets there, Samuel begins to look. He's at the house of Jesse, and he's beginning to take a look at all of Jesse's sons because he's been pointed in that direction. He said, okay, one of, their, one of the sons of Jesse is going to be the next king. He's going to be the one I want you to anoint. Now, this is what he says in uh, 1 Samuel in uh, chapter 16, 15 through 7. 16 through 7, sorry. And when they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Now, just to give a little bit of foundation here, who was the first king of Israel? Come on, you know it. King Saul. King Saul was the first king of Israel. And the, the leaders of Israel and the people of Israel said, hey, we want to have a king. We want to have a, a, a nice king to rule over us. And we want him and we want to be just like all the other nations around us. And, and, and we want to be just like them. So God gave them what they asked for. He gave them Saul. Now, Saul is described in, in the Bible as being a handsome man, tall above all the rest. You know, had the, had the you know, if there was a sign, you know, king, I look like a king. You know, uh, you know I'm, I'm the picture of what you are expecting, right? I'm the king. And, but we realized as the years went on by, it didn't quite work out, did it? Saul ended up being very troubled. He ended up being prideful, he ended up being jealous, and he ended up just making a lot of mistakes. So this time, God is saying, hey, I'm going to choose the man who is going to really follow after me. And when Samuel first looks at the Jesse son of Eliab, he says, well, hey, you know, Samuel's kind of familiar with what happened with Saul, you know, but Eliab, he looks, he looks handsome. He looks tall. He, he's kind of got that, that kingliness about him. I bet this is the guy. But God says, no, I, I, I don't want him. Samuel, you're looking, at, you're looking at outward appearances. This is what got, got everybody in trouble the first time. They thought they knew what they wanted. They thought they wanted the guy who could just look the part. No, know this. I'm, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God's saying, I, all, all, all this facade that you're looking at, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even considering it. I'm looking at what's inside. Are we not also instructed to be in the same way? That when we look at each other, we, we shouldn't, be, shouldn't be just focusing on what, we're, what the outward appearances, but we should be looking at the same thing God looks at, and that is at the heart of man. The same heart that he, he came to earth to, to die for, the same heart that he offers salvation to, the same ones that he has forgiven and brought into that wonderful family. He says, this is what you need to focus on. This is we're looking we're looking at what the heart of the issue is here. In Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 17, we see that God has always been a lover of man. He's always instructed his people in the, in this manner. He says for the for the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. 
He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality. So many references to this. God says, I am not a respecter of persons. I show no partiality. Do as I do. Don't become a judge among yourselves. Don't divide this and this. Who made you to be judge? I didn't ask you to be a judge of anyone. I asked you to love everyone. Now let's let's move on and, and see what, what we can we can find in moving forward in, into the New Testament. For us to be able to see people the way that God sees people, He also wants us to love people the way that He loves them. In the book of in James chapter two, eight through thirteen. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do not murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy. To one who has shown no mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. So we must see people the way that God sees people. The horizontal relationship with others is is a reflection of the vertical relationship with God. Now think about that for a moment. The horizontal relationship that we have with others represents our vertical relationship with God. If we say that we love God and God loves us and we understand that, then we should also be showing not not only feeling and knowing God's love with us, but showing that same love outward. Correct? We can all agree to that. In uh, um, Leviticus 19, 15 through 18. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. And you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. There is a direct correlation between how we treat our neighbors and how we view God. We are to treat our neighbors with love simply because God is love. And is it not the best way to love? This scripture uh, mentions fulfilling and knowing the royal law. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40. And he said to him, you shall love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. There was a, there was a ruler there and he come up to Jesus and he says, you know, they were always questioning Jesus and trying to get, see if they can make him stumble up a little bit. And they're like, Jesus, uh, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, well, number one, uh, love God with all that you got. And number two, love your neighbor as yourself. In, in my classroom, this scripture is also in the book of Mark in chapter 12. 
I have, a, I have an expectation in my classroom that my kids know is called a make your mark every day. And it refers to this scripture. Every day I, I tell them to, to make their mark. And what I'm asking my, my fifth graders to do, I'm, I'm asking them to follow this example, to show the love uh, to their classmates and to lift them up and to edify them and to help encourage them. And my kids know that. Um, you know, just, just something that, that I put there, just so that it's always on their minds uh, about how, how we treat others. But, you know, uh, uh, Jesus also says in the book of John in chapter 15 and verse 12, he says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Right? Jesus loves us. My goodness, look at everything that he's given us. Look at everything he continues to give to us every day. I tell my kids, you know, sometimes we'll get in here at chapel, and by the way, you know, it's kind of it's nice speaking to adults. Usually I got, you know, teenagers and down. So, but anyway, it, it's, it's, I tell the kids, I'm like, look, sometimes we'll come into chapel, and I'm like, you got something to be thankful for this week? And some of them's like, oh, I don't know. You know, and others are like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, think of it. Think of something good that has happened to you this week. Think of something that is just, just, you know, just stuck in your mind. And, and I'll give them a moment and they'll think about it. And I'll say, okay, now, now turn to your neighbor and, and share it with them. Share how good God's been to you this week. And sometimes I'll go even further. I'll, I'll get my fifth graders. We'll be talking about something. I'll say, okay, I want you to take a big old breath. They'll take it in and they'll blow it out. And well, I may have one or two who try to pass out, but but mostly they will try to, you know, do what I ask. And and I'm like, you know what? That that air that you just took into your lungs, and just the fact that you got the ability to pull that into your lungs, that's a gift from God. There's always something to be thankful for. Because my goodness, God Jesus loves us. God loves us so much. And not only that, but he, he, it's not just about what he has already given us today, but it's about just the wonderful plans that he has for each and every person. This unique design for all of us. And that just continues to show his love for us. And Jesus says, in this same way that I have showed you love, I want you to show it to others. Be a good neighbor. Don't make yourself a judge among people and start separating people here and separating people there. Or, you know, I'm just, you know, they're they're over there and I'm going to just stay over here. No. Jesus says, show the love as I've showed the love. James points out that the way we try to keep everything else that God has told us, and we miss this part, we are guilty of missing it all. Let's look again at the book of James in chapter 2 and verses 10 through 12. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do not, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged 
under the law of liberty. Now, because I am used to dealing with kids, I brought a demonstration. Got my, my pretty pink balloon. This is my Valentine's Day balloon. So see, I did bring pink. I'm not just orange today. Hopefully I won't uh, exhaust myself blowing this thing up. All right. So I got this balloon. And let's just pretend this balloon is the law. All right. And I got all these, these dots on it, you know, these, these white dots. And, and let's just say these dots are different things that the law tells us, you know. Maybe this one is uh, thou shalt not steal. Uh, don't covet. Uh, maybe this one is, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, don't commit adultery. Or in this one is, hey, love your neighbor uh, as yourself. And this one and so on and so on. And so what James's point here is, what he's trying to say is, okay, picture it as one whole thing. Now, if I had a needle and I decided that uh, if, I, if I was to put and poke this law and this with the needle, would the entire balloon pop? Yeah, okay. And let's say, but, but no, 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 I would never do that. Uh, but James is saying, but if you're not loving your neighbor as yourself... You're poking, you're still poking it, and you're still going to pop the balloon. So it really doesn't matter. You popped it. So just, just because you, you've stayed away from, from these, but you're still, you're still not loving your neighbor, you're still popping the whole thing. That's the point he's trying to make. You know, it seems like there might have been some distinction. Well, you know, but I, I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I do this, and I do that. I mean, even the rich young ruler tried to come to Jesus and, and put that at him. He said, but, I, but I've done this, I've done that, I've done that, and done that. And Jesus said, well, go and sell all your stuff and come follow me. Hmm. Don't know that I can do that. But the illustration is given here. He says, look... If you follow everything else, but you don't follow this one part, if you're not showing the love of Christ to your neighbor, then it really don't, you know, you, you, you popped your balloon. You, you popped it. Doesn't matter. It's gone. And this is a, this is a point he, he, he's making here. When we love our neighbor, we reflect the love of God in our lives. So what are some ways that we can learn in how to love our neighbor? How do we love our neighbor? We need to love mercifully. In the book of James in chapter 2, verse 13, For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Sometimes do we get, when we make distinctions for whatever reason, sometimes maybe we think, well, but you know... that person has, has did this or been involved with that or whatever. He's saying, show mercy. To be, to be a good neighbor means you're, that you're going to be showing mercy. When you show mercy, you show love. Love practically. In Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So as Jesus went around teaching and going and dealing with with the opposition and dealing and, 
You know, some, you know, Jesus even said, there's been times I haven't even had a place to, to put my head at night. But whenever he would encounter anyone, he would have compassion on them. Because he would look at them and he said, but these, these are, these are kind of like harassed and they're helpless and, and they're like sheep without a shepherd. He loved them practically. He said, I'm here to show you the, a new way. I'm bringing to you a new covenant. I'm here to show the love of God to you through me. That is practical love. As followers of Christ, we have, we have experienced that love in such a rich and fulfilling way. And we encounter so many people every day that need to experience God's love, that need to feel God's love. Are we allowing ourselves to be used as that tool that God can use and say, hey, I, I, I placed you here to cross paths with, 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 with this guy because you know right now he, ju he just really needs to, to feel some love right now. So, so, I, so I, I need you to, to be willing to just, just love on him or love on her. Because I know all about it and, and I'm, I'm using you right now as the instrument for this. But going back to when we, when we tried to become judges and, and make distinctions, we can miss great opportunities of showing God's love and being a good neighbor. In the book of 1 Corinthians 13.8, Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But here, the key point from this, but love will last forever. I don't know of any scripture that says, okay, you can love for a while and then stop. I've, I've never encountered that as I've studied God's word. But what I have encountered is him telling us, hey, Keep on, keep on loving. Even though there may be times that they reject you, even though there may be times they push back, it's okay. You just, you just keep on loving them. I mean, how many times did, did, did the call for salvation come and, and, and just feeling the drawing power of, of the Holy Spirit and, the, and the, that moment of saving grace and, and how many times people have just, just pushed back against it? Thankfully, Jesus says, I'm not going to give up on you. I want to keep showing love here. I want to keep reaching out. I, I, my, my hand's still going to be falling after you. Don't worry about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to because I want to pull you and I want, I want to save you. Loving continually. So how are we about being a good neighbor? James says, you know, kiddos who are, who are scattered abroad, you know, you, you need to get rid of favoritism. You need to get rid of partiality. You need to understand that that certainly was never the example that Jesus set. Do away with it. It doesn't matter who's in front of you. It doesn't matter if they're rich, if they're poor. It uh, doesn't matter the color of their skin. doesn't matter what nation they've come out of or, or where they're headed. Be a neighbor.
We've looked at examples about the greatest commandment. And the second one is this, to love your neighbors as yourself. Jesus says, share and show the love just like I've shown you. Be a good neighbor. We started this off with, uh, with Mr. Rogers singing that familiar tune, Won't You Be My Neighbor. How many opportunities do we have to, to get to know new neighbors? Because you see, when we begin to look at everyone through the, through that, the lens that God looks at us, When we begin to love everyone the way that God loves us, I mean, it just becomes wide open, doesn't it? So many people that we encounter, so many, so many opportunities. And coming into, coming in, even into the church, you know what? You know, I, I think we, I think we show love pretty good. I do. Let's let's just keep on and use the opportunities that, that we've been given each day. Be a good neighbor. Bow your heads with me. Father, we love you because you first loved us. We thank you for just being the wonderful example to us, for showing us your way, showing us your will. And Lord, you have given us so many great opportunities for us to, uh, to walk in your steps each day. Lord, if there's ever been times in our, in, in our lives, if there's ever been moments where we have become judges ourselves, that we've tried to separate your, the people that you love into categories that we see, forgive us. Forgive us for that and let us have the look at look at everyone through the same eyes that you do to have the heart that is loving to everyone just as you love us I mean your word says that, you, that your, your love is without even measure who can even fully measure your love wow what would it look like if we followed in that Lord I, I I feel like if we really, truly embrace this, Lord, we, we, we would probably see revival. We would see, we would see folks who are hurting and struggling. And Lord, they, they may have already turned to so many different, in different ways to try to fill that, that hole, fill that void. But Lord, what they're really longing for is just you. Help us to be the instruments. Help us to be the tools that can be placed in their lives where they can come to know you through your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to be uh, the person, the servant, who is willing to bow down and, and wash, wash the feet just as Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Help us to show that. Lord, I pray that with this, by the writings of James, Lord, that we can find encouragement 
that we can find um, just just a new passion for for this the people. Help us, Lord, to have a heart that is that is just eager and Lord and just just willing to go and show and be a good neighbor. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have given us. I ask, Lord, that you help us in this upcoming week. And I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, just to stand just for a little while and be able to share and teach. For it is your name we pray. And all of our voices says, amen.